Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. And I'm your host, Todd Black, and my wife, Julie, is on tonight. Say hello, hello Julie. Hi. And we've got somebody really special for you. Um, his name is Stephen I, and he is a Christian hip-hop artist. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about his uh, latest album called Throne Room Music. And Steve is going to be uh, sharing his testimony with us. And so, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Praise All the right, Lord. Well, any certain place you want to start off, it's fine with us, and we're ready to sit back and listen to your testimony. All right, man. Well, I'm just first of all, I want to thank you guys, man, for the opportunity. Um, I definitely am appreciative of you um, for you guys allowing me this platform to share, you know, what God has done for me and um, just, you know, some of the things He's shown me and how He's changed me and. Um, what he's doing in my life is something that I can't seem to shut up about. So um, I'm always excited about any opportunity I get to share Jesus with whoever may listen. <laughs> and so, um, like you said, my name is Stephen. I'm actually from East Texas, and um, I do do hip-hop music. Um, and uh, uh, I guess, you know, if you had to categorize everything that I do, I think it would fall underneath. Um, you know, just to summarize it all, the preaching and the, excuse me, the rapping and um, evangelizing, all these different things, you know, serving. I guess you would just have to call it urban mission or urban missions, you know. And so that's what we do. Um, That's what God has called me to do. I have not always been doing that. And, of course, I have not always been saved or have not always known God. So, um, uh, of course, was born into sin and um, didn't want anything to do with God, honestly. Didn't want anything uh, to do with ministry or church or, you know, anything of that sort. Um, And, you know, growing up, uh, my parents divorced around age 12. And it was about that time when, you know, I realized that... um, yeah, I was pretty sheltered before that, and uh, it was around that time when I realized, when I started seeing um, and experiencing, you know, the um, fallen nature of this world, the corruption of this world, and it was, um, it hit, you know, our my household. It was right on my doorstep, you know, and I started uh, experiencing, you know, people close to me dying and um you know, lack of, you know, certain things that um, I've needed and the main things being, you know, um, guidance and discipline and um, provision and protection, things of that sort, um, being fatherless. Um, those are some of the things that, you know, I faced in not having a big brother or cousin or uncle or anyone around that was a a male figure in my life, especially not a godly male figure in my life. And um, 
So I was um, around age 12 and uh, pretty much um, just a easy target for, you know, or just a completely oblivious to what I was getting ready to face, you know, in this world um, without any understanding of uh, the Bible or um, what God had to say about life. You know, I kind of just tried to be a man. And um, I think, you know, around middle school, I was introduced to gangster rap music. Um, These guys were the guys that I chose to be my leaders. Um, These um, gangster rap artists, these guys lived a lifestyle that was very attractive to me. They had a courage that I wanted. They had a charisma that I was drawn to, and they had just this confidence and this you know, that was very appealing to me. And um, I was, everywhere I would go, I would have this music. Um, it was, I was almost in a trance, you know, hypnotized by the that music. And it was just becoming a part of me. I was obeying the things that they were saying to do and that the lifestyle they were glorifying. I was, you know, obeying their teachings. I was applying those principles to my life and um and what happened was I just, you know, um started getting, you know, some terrible results. I started um doing drugs, selling drugs, addicted to drugs. I started being extremely rebellious against authority, any type of authority. Um just uh, foolish, reckless, you know, and those started stealing and hanging out with gangs and, you know, and um, going to jail, in and out of jail, um, you know, carrying pistols, having pistols to my head, and friends around me getting shot and stabbed and my car shot up, furniture, house shot up, and being robbed, just just a just a, a lifestyle, a hundred percent void of peace, and um, so after a while, it started getting old, <laughs> and I realized, you know, there's not there really isn't a future in this, uh, or the whatever future there is in this, or even this present, I don't want it anymore. It was fun for a short season. It might have been kind of exciting, but. Uh, this is, you know, just not what I want uh, for my life. And um, honestly, I, I realized, I started realizing what I wanted. I, I wanted peace. I wanted love. I wanted um, friends who really cared about me. You know, I wanted um, people, I was tired of being around people who seemed to uh, try to take advantage of me or use me or always want something from me not truly be there or have a concern for me. And I wanted to not have to watch my back or look over my shoulder or not have to search for a how and just have this uh, desperate uh, void. You know, I just was um, tired of the lifestyle um, and, just didn't know what to do, didn't know which way to go or how to 
get out of it. I wanted out of it, but for years I couldn't quit doing drugs. I couldn't um, stop. Uh, I couldn't get away from violence. It was just like I didn't know where else to go other than to the place in which I was accepted or what I knew. And so um, it took, you know, some drastic measures for me um, to to wake up. And, um, and, you know, God the whole time was watching, and he was 100% you know, or more, you know, like just concerned about me and, and and attempting to get my attention and uh, communicate with me and show me the way out. And so um, I believe God allowed me to see um, what life is like without him and um, for a reason. And, um, but then, you know, God decided to move and, um, intervene and, uh, started to encounter God and his love. Um, so one time sending, a, a single cell in jail, um, you know, pretty much my whole life has just been ruined. Every opportunity that came my way, I ruined it. Um, it was a failure. I let everybody down, and I just went from a kid who had unlimited potential, you know, um, who just someone who ends up being like the uh, the worst, the biggest loser in the world, you know, uh, sitting in jail, could have been in college, could have played sports somewhere, could have started a business, and I'm in jail, you know, and uh, just at the lowest point of my life, I really feel like, and um, it was at that moment, you know, when I pretty much feel hopeless and, you know, that my life was over, I might as well just kill myself, I guess was, you know, pretty much the place I was at, and um Right at that moment, the guard came around the corner, and the guard had a letter for me. This letter was from my little sister, and uh, it turns out my little sister says she had been going to church, um, and she had been praying for me, and she says that Jesus loves me, and um, he died for my sins, and that I can be forgiven, and I can have a, a second chance. I can start all over, and... um there was like a prayer to pray, you know, and um, I don't even know if I prayed that prayer, but I, I just believe I cried out to the Lord in my own way. And uh, I had heard the gospel before that point, you know, I had heard about Jesus, but it was at this time when I encountered Jesus, you know, and um, I prayed and I just cried out to the Lord and I, I felt him begin to lift my burdens. And um, I just feel like I, he embraced me and I felt his love and I experienced peace. And so this peace in, that I had, you know, yet to know. And, um, and it, it was a, a beautiful thing. So, um, I get out of jail and I don't start, I don't go to church. I don't read my Bible or, um, get discipled. You know, I get out of, I mean, I get out, I, I don't know if I said church, I get out of, the jail and I, I don't go to church. I don't read my Bible or 
I'm not being discipled or mentored or anything of that. I pretty much go back to what I knew, you know, and I went back to my old friends. I went back to my old lifestyle, but the Holy Spirit was convicting me. Um, At the time, I didn't realize that's what it was, but I had started to not enjoy the things that I was doing like I used to. I started having a real um, desire in me a real motivation to do something else and um and it was not it was actually while I was still in jail I actually um after that prayer I immediately started getting songs to write and um so I got out of jail I started trying to do something different started trying to replace my old habits but it you know it really wasn't working but I was try I was making attempts on my own strength to you know get my life together and it just wasn't working. So God uh, himself moved again in my life. And um, I remember, um, you know, living on my own, not having um, anyone to help me, um, not having, or if there was someone to help me, I was too prideful to ask, you know, and um, not having any food or, uh, you know, our the house I was staying in didn't have clean water and, or hot water in the wintertime to bathe in. It was just different things I was going through. And so I was at a point where I said, Lord, I know you heard me when I was in jail and, and, uh, and uh, I know you're listening. I know you hear my prayers now. And so Lord, I need your help. I need your help again. And uh, so it's so right about that time. I lived on a dead end street and no one really knew where I lived And this man whom I had only seen once or twice before, and I definitely didn't invite him to my house, or I still to this day don't know how he um, knew where I lived, except it would have been a part of God's plan, except the Spirit of God had led him there. Um, He shows up to my house, and he gets out, and he knocks on my door, and we sit on my little crate porch, and he tells me about the gospel. He tells me about Jesus. Uh, he starts, he just starts imparting wisdom into me, and he starts, um, and I just noticed that this guy has what I want. He has this, uh, he has the answers to uh, the questions I have about life, or he has this peace that I've been searching for, you know, this peace that I've been looking for. He has this love. He doesn't really want anything from me, you know, and I was attracted to you know, what this guy had to offer. And um, this guy brought me to church. Um, and uh, he not only brought me to church, but he um, really persistently got involved in my life to the point, you know, which I try to, you know, you know, I would at times get upset with him or ignore him or try to run him off, but he continued um, to reach out to me, you know, with the love of Jesus and the word of God and uh, call me, text me and come by my house. And, and, uh, he, and the, the church that he would bring me to was just, you know, full of that peace and full of love and compassion. And I, I love the church. I, um, quickly, you know, um, committed to the church as far as just being a member there, you know, and uh, I I just, every time the doors open, I was there because, you know, I was experiencing a real peace. I found real friends who cared about me like I was desiring. And 
I started hearing the word of God. I started hearing the voice of God. Uh, God uh, moved me to the country away from everyone and uh, away from just separated me from uh, civilization almost and uh, took me to a place where there wasn't phone signal. There wasn't people showing up, knocking on the door. It was just me and the Bible and um, me and him. And uh, so uh, I had, you know, a desire at that time to start studying the Bible and start trying to figure out what it says and um, who God is, what does he require of me, and, you know, just wanted more of the Lord and in my life. And so I started studying the Bible, and um, I'm still going to church, studying the Bible, and um, I was um, praying, you know, and I was just, you know, just experiencing the love of God. And um, so it was that we were going, it was, these are, you know, my first times, you know, as an adult going to church. And um, I remember um, the pastor taking me in his office and sitting me down and telling me his testimony. And his testimony, what stuck out to me on his testimony was, uh, the scripture in Revelation where it says, the Lord says, you know, behold, I knock, and if you open, I'll come in and sup with you. And so um, I stand at the door and knock, and if you open, I'll come in and sup with you. And so that scripture stood out to me. Um, he told me that, you know, he was reading that scripture and questioning if God was real, and, and someone knocked on his door, and he opened it, and no one was there, right, as he read that scripture. And then that stuck out to me. I went home and I laid in my bed. And there's a wood wooden frame underneath the mattress, you know, on that bed. And I heard a knock, you know, doom, 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 right under, right not at my door, but right under my head on that wooden frame. And I was kind of like trying to brush it off because it, you know, was just kind of awkward. And you know, so. I believe it may have been the next day or a few days after that, you know, I'm at, in the pastor's office again, and he shares the same testimony again with me and a friend. Um, and so I go home that day, and the same thing happens, um, that knock right by my head under my bed. And at that time I knew, you know, it was the Lord, and I said, uh, um, I said, Lord, um if you have something to say to me, say it to me in my dreams because I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. That was a really, and that sounds kind of rude, but I was really tired that day. And um, just so happens that's what I told the Lord. And um, I fell asleep and I heard the voice of God, you know, calling me to ministry. And um, it was a voice that got my attention and there was no question to me that that was the voice of God. And different, and just ever since then, you know, um, you know, seeking Him, and He's been um, revealing Himself to me, you know, through His Word, through dreams, through situations, and uh, confirming His Word, and um, and just confirming His love for me and the people of this world. And so um, I quickly, you know, began sharing with other people about God, about the Bible, about Jesus, and what he's done for me, and 
uh, as I started learning the Bible, memorizing scriptures, you know, I was applying them to my life and realizing that they work. The principles in the word, the formulas in the word, the promises, they're true. And, and if you, you know, apply um, the word of God to your life, you get real results, you know. And so um, these were the type of results I wanted. Um, this worked way better than the stealing and smoking and drinking and lying and just living a selfish lifestyle. This was a, a peaceful lifestyle. You know, this was a um, victorious lifestyle, and it is. And I, I just was so, um, still am so excited and zealous about it. You know, I wanted to tell everyone. I wanted to tell the whole world any way and any opportunity I could get. You know, this was something so amazing to me. Um, and so, uh, one of the ways in which, you know, the Lord, um, you know, instructed me to share his word and my testimony was through music and through that same platform of music that influenced me, except yet doing it in such a way that will glorify God and bring people into his kingdom. So I rapped uh, at church and um, I just knew when I did it that it was something that I was created to do. From the first time I did it, I knew that it was something that God had uh, formed me in my mother's womb to do. And so um, it was something that I felt revived people and provoked people spiritually to draw closer to God and to obey the Lord, to worship the Lord. And and so, uh, um, man, it was been so exciting. I, just looking back, you know, on that right now, um, I mean, I, I've been knowing the Lord for um, six years, I guess around six years now. I've been serving the Lord, uh, been traveling, uh, doing concerts, not only that, but ministering, sharing my testimony, going to colleges, family reunions, churches, prisons, pretty much wherever they'll give me a microphone, you know, or even just, you know, you know, the malls and the Walmart sometimes, you know, just wherever I'm at, you know, looking for an opportunity to serve somebody, looking for an opportunity to share Jesus and make him known, to lift him up as Lord. And um, because, you know, I realized that it's not just the thugs and the, it's not just the gangsters and the people of that that need the Lord. No, it's everyone has sinned. Everyone is separated, has been separated from God, and only the cross can, only faith in Jesus and what he's done for us can justify us in the eyes of a holy God. Only that uh, alone right there can put us on right standing with God in a position where we can walk with God again. None of our own efforts or religious duties can do it on our own strength, you know. And so we need a Savior, and um, the world needs a Savior. And so, um, you know, a lot of churches will, uh, you know, invest and put money towards sending missionaries overseas, and I think that's you know, a great thing, but God has called me. I'm willing to go overseas, you know, and um, but I know God has called me, you know, to the urban mission field right here in America, you know, and uh, so and it makes sense. And um, considering, you know, 
um, that we need the gospel just as bad as any other country. And uh, so we, I've been traveling and ministering, preaching. We actually, you know, the Lord called me to pastor. I've been pastoring a church in my hometown, Jacksonville, Texas, for 13 weeks now, 13 and a half weeks. And um, it's been a, a awesome thing, you know, just to have a non-traditional uh, urban-like, you know, I say urban, but just a, a non-traditional Jesus-loving church, you know, and um, where people can come with tattoos, people can come with whatever they got, as come as they are. If they got a suit and tie, if they don't have a suit and tie, they can come. And um, and so it's been a real blessing, that, and I've just been really overwhelmed at all the amazing things God has allowed me to see, to do this whole new world, this whole new family that, you know, that I have within the kingdom of God and uh, just experiencing real purpose in life, experiencing, you know, the joy of generosity, um, the hope that we have within God and uh, the promises of God, um, the Holy Spirit um, being such a uh, an amazing comforter and teacher and helper and just in such a crazy world having such an uh, awesome God living inside of you that's inexhaustible that's um, just never too busy for you and it's just it's been so amazing you know sharing that with my family members sharing that with the community, sharing that with all these different people, you know, doing a, a, some work on television and radio and um, just different places. And uh, just can't, couldn't ever have imagined God would want to do something so great with somebody like me. And um, it just uh, – continues to affirm to me that, you know, God has a way better plan for us than we do, than we could ever have for ourselves. He makes such a better um, advisor than anyone else could for us. He's such a great provider and protector and lover. It's been so awesome knowing God and uh, just continuing to learn more about him and find out new things about him and uncover mysteries in his word. <clears throat> I'm just so grateful that he would allow me to worship him, allow me to serve him um, and to tell others about him. And I can continue to de- depend upon him and he's never let me down and um, healed me in so many different ways. Um, allowed me to see so many different miracles and just, um, being able to follow somebody like Jesus has uh, been such an adventurous thing, you know, even throughout the suffering that's involved, you know, there's such a great uh, rejoicing that takes place um, considering that we're his children and um, how he loves us with an everlasting love. It's just uh, so beyond my uh, understanding and yet he's uh, continuing to 
um, walk with me and be with me and love somebody like me, you know, it's, it's been a real, oh, real, um, it's been a real awesome thing to say the least. Wow. Well, you know, I want to point out something you said, Stephen. Yeah. You said that when you were at one of your lowest points there in jail, you received a letter from your sister saying she was praying for you and, uh, you know, and then sharing some of God's word with you. And, and I just want to say, because I know a lot of people will be listening to this, and and they're in the same situation with, a, you know, a family member who's in jail or on drugs or whatever, and, mm-hmm. they, you know, they ask the same questions, oh, what can I do? What can I, well, you know, you just answered it there. You know, you can, yeah. you can start, start praying for them. You can send them a letter, tell them they're praying for them. You, mm-hmm. can, you know, uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite deals, I don't know if you ever heard Margie Mayfield, and she's talking about, uh, you know, she was abducted by a serial killer named Stephen Wren, and, and we've got it on our, you know, one of our podcasts there. But um, one of the things that, that she said is that his ex-wife received Christ at a Billy Graham conference and started oh. praying for him because she saw him on, saw it on TV. Uh, you know, uh, here he was, the you know, one of the 10 most wanted on the FBI list. And she saw it on TV, so her and another friend started praying for him. Well, unless somebody starts praying, that ball doesn't get rolling. Mm. And, and these fa- family members got to understand, it doesn't matter how bad, you know, your family member is or your friend is or whatever. You know what? It doesn't matter. Jesus still paid the price. And if yeah. you go to before him and you start praying for him, it'll make a difference. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even... That one guy that came into my life was not the only person who um, sold into my life. There were so many people, you know, looking back now that um, God used along uh, the way, you know, to minister to me. And at the time in which they were ministering to me, they, I'm pretty sure, were confident I wasn't listening. But, um, you know, it just took a time, it took time for those seeds to, to sprout and um, to start um, blossoming. And, um, so to even add on to the story a little bit, um, that same church that my little sister was attending that, um, was one of the very first that, that was praying for me. She had the whole youth group praying for me. And, um, I think every time they met, they would pray for me. And, um, because I was, you know, really in a, um, a dangerous lifestyle. And so they were praying for me. She was concerned about me, you know, dying or something of that sort. So, um, well, that, that very church and youth group actually was one of the very first youth groups that I did a concert at. And so, um, not only that, but that, so they told me, they were like, Hey, you know, we used to pray for you every week here. And, um, then, and this was, you know, my sister had gone on, you know, and she was already, this had been, you know, years later. And um, so I say years later, maybe about a year, something, something like that. So anyways, I ended up being, 
ended up later on becoming the youth pastor of that very church that was that very youth group that was praying for me while I was selling drugs, while I was robbing stores, and while I was living this um, lifestyle. So I thought that was wow. pretty interesting to see how God not only, you know, answered the prayer of, you know, protect him and save him, but God brought me back to be a youth minister there for, uh, say, around a year, and I was able to reach a lot of kids, a lot of the new kids that came to the youth group and a yeah, lot of kids in that community. It was like you went full circle. Yeah. <laughs> right, right there where the people that were praying you in ended up bringing you in. <laughs> exactly. So it was awesome, man. God really, I, I believe, you know, I don't know how many of the youth group was left, you know, the ones that were praying for me by the time I, you know, got there. But uh, I think that I know for sure the youth, one of the, one of the people that were, it was an older a lady that was in charge of the youth group that uh, was kind of, I guess, you know, not able to continue doing it. And so she was the one telling me, hey, we used to pray for you here every week. And so I know God really, it really blessed her to see that not only did God answer that prayer, but, you know, he was doing something even greater, you know. So wow. it was pretty awesome, man. He's definitely attentive to our prayers. You know, in the arm of the Lord, the scripture says, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save anyone. His ear is not too dull to hear. And so we just, you know, have to continue lifting up our loved ones and continue reaching out to them. If you have someone that's in prison, you know, or incarcerated, you if you write them, you'd be surprised. You know, people read those letters not just once, but they read them over and over again. and They hold them dear to their heart. Yeah. Hey, Julie, did you want to ask some questions? No, I've just really been paying attention and uh, listening. I did hear one thing I thought that uh, you mentioned was that you pointed out what happened in prison and then coming out that you went back to the same friends, the same things that you knew, and that you you knew in your heart that this is not what you wanted to be doing, but you had no discipleship, no mentor. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that you've passed that on to to others to encourage them um, to mentor people. Not yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's just, that stuck out to me that, you know, God is a father to the fatherless. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was bringing other ways to uh, to meet you where you were at. But for you to yeah. observe, hey, I, I don't want to be with these people anymore, and yet I'm going back to the same thing. Help me out of here. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy. I'm sorry, I just kind of got me excited. It's so easy to preach to people. It's so easy, you know, to think that um, Sunday and Wednesday, you know, as a minister or going to church is, or inviting somebody to church is you fulfilled your duty. But, you no, know, God is calling us to invest in people's lives and get involved with people's lives, to do life with people. And um, I, just preaching at someone or... Um, 
uh, if you're a minister just preaching at church, it really just doesn't, it really just won't do. You have to, you know, Jesus really invested, you know, in the disciples. And I think that's, uh, of course, a great model for us. We have to really invest in people and spend time with people. You know, even um, to this day, you know, I mean, to me, six years following the Lord is a lot, but I mean, it's not necessarily a long time, and I still need um, God, the mentors, the father figures, and the, the people of God in my life, you know, I, on a consistent basis, you know, and so. Um, it's that one-on-one relationship that you've got yeah. to kind of have. Yeah. Yeah, Steven? exactly. Yes. Stephen, you mentioned yes, this, and I could just see that there would be folks that would be listening and go, yeah, yeah, but uh, where can we get a hold of you? What, what church are you pastoring that I might be able to come and talk to you? Can you yeah. give us some of that right now? Definitely. Um, uh, the church is secondchanceschurch.com if you're wanting to look online. Um, second with the two, the, the number two, second secondchanceschurch.com and that is in Jacksonville, Texas. Uh, You can find the address on the website in the times of service um, uh, for our music and um, other information uh, about the media ministries that we do. Uh, You can go to meeknessmusicgroup.com M-E-E-K-N-E-S-S musicgroup.com and um, I, that's pretty much the best way to reach me uh, would be on that second website. It has all my information, and uh, I'd be glad to um, talk to people. You know, I, I don't ever allow myself to get too busy to uh, talk with people and meet new people and um, try to encourage other people. So I'm on Facebook, Stephen with the P.H. Crow. C-R-O-W, Stephen Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel with the I, Crow, uh, on Facebook. I'm, I try to keep a devotional going and uh, try to stay involved with uh, people's lives, and we try to keep some new information out, um, information that's challenging to believers and that's encouraging and inspiring. And so... Now, what's the easiest way for somebody to buy one of your albums? Um, we're yeah, going to. I was going to say we're going to play a clip, you know, uh, at the end of the show, and uh, yeah, you would want to go to our website. Uh, I have a lot of free music on our website, and there's a if they would, if someone would want to donate, you know, they can. But the music is for free download. It's on meeknessmusicgroup.com, like the Meek Show here at the Earth, meeknessmusicgroup.com. You can find my CDs on there. Um, I believe all of them are, most of them are on there for free download. And um, we have videos and um, some sermons, some music videos, and free music on that website, as well as my contact information. All right. Well, fantastic. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys, you know, allowing me to honor. Well, I I thank you for coming on, and I know that, yeah. you know, um, later when you, you know, start doing another project or going somewhere, we'll have to come back and talk about it. But uh, Yeah. 
Anything you, anything you want to say, Julie? No, I think it's been wonderful. Uh, you were very thorough. And uh, Thank you. Thank you. I sat there and wrote down a whole bunch of things, but there's obviously some people that need to hear the the encouragement of what prayer will do, but the encouragement how we do serve a father who is a father to the fatherless. Amen. Even in the miry muck or out there living in the chaotic uh, this, you know, world today and, and civilization, that's not a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. That God will reach you even there. And like you said, knock on your door and say, can I... Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Been yeah, encouragement. So I appreciate you taking the time with us. Thank you so much for giving us your testimony. Hey, anytime. And it bless all the hearers that need to hear it. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Why don't you why don't you uh take the time to pray over the youth that are gonna sure. hear this? Especially the ones that listen to gangster rap or or, you know, are drawn, like you said, they're they're drawn to that charisma and that courage that's really not what they think it is. Yes, I would love the to do so. The, the deception. So, yeah, yes. go ahead and pray over those people now. Oh, oh Lord, we just come before you. Um, God, we give you thanks for being uh, such a faithful God, such a loving God, and such a good father, a perfect father um, who steps in um, into our lives and uh cares about every hair on our head. Uh, Lord, I thank you for what you did in my life, how you in, intervened in my life. I thank you, God, that um, you demonstrated your love for us while we were yet sinners, while we were in the middle of our sins. You died for our sins so that we can be forgiven, so we could be free, so that we could be cleansed, so that we could know you and walk with you and be in right standing with you, Lord God, um, despite of what we've done in our past. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to get our lives cleaned up to come to you, Lord. We come to you and you do the cleaning. We come to you by faith in the cross of Christ. Lord, I, I just thank you um, for being so great and um, caring to be involved with those people who are neglected, those people who are shunned um, by their parents, or those people who uh, no one pays attention to or the people that think no one cares about them, that you're there for them, Lord, and you love them in a uh, awesome way. And there's a huge price tag on them, the, the blood of Jesus. You gave your only son for them, and that means they are extremely valuable in your eyes. It wasn't a cheap price that was paid for them. And so, Lord, for that, we thank you. I pray for the people that are listening today. God, I pray that the um, things that were said are things that they would take to heart, and I pray you would give understanding, Lord God. And um, I pray um, for the people who listen to the gangster rap music, that they wouldn't allow those beats to captivate them, and they wouldn't allow those lyrics to deceive them and to trick them um, into a lifestyle that dishonors you. Um, They wouldn't be tricked into following after um, a foolish and a destructive path, although that path may seem attractive, uh, although that path may sound good, uh, Lord, I pray that wouldn't be deceived. Lord, I'm reminded that the 
the path to destruction is broad and wide and many fall into it, but I pray they would choose the path to life, although it's narrow and few find it. I pray they would choose to follow you, Lord God. I pray they would choose to follow you according to your word and um, that they would love you with all their heart, mind, and soul, that they would embrace uh, your presence in their life. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We agree. Amen. Amen. Amen, you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to hear feedback from, you know, people listening. So Yeah, yeah, me neither. And I just thank you guys once again uh, uh, for serving and um, just allowing me to be a part of such a great show. All right. Well, thank you. That's a wrap for tonight. Father. Forgive me, Lord. Father, God, I'm sorry. Give me another chance. Father. Father. For the lies that I told me, Father, forgive me. For the things that I stole, Father, forgive me. For the blood on my hands, Father, forgive me. Seem like I keep on falling For the same thing And I drop back to my knees And I tell you I'm gonna change But I feel like I just can't I forever need your grace It's like I never seek your face Like I did when I first got saved I preach the things I don't do Then don't do what I'm supposed to But through all the things I go through I'm just grateful to know you Let it be no condemnation in my conversation That's confirmation Leave me not into temptation Cause I'm not often patient I know God is gracious But I can't call him savior if I don't make them Lord, there will be no salvation. Sold out crowds praising, but would they forsake me? If they knew what I did yesterday, man, I'm crazy. People don't want to pray with me. They'd rather hate on me. But for some reason, you favor me and always make a way for me. I know you give grace to the humble, and you won't condemn me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Please forgive me. For the lies that I told Father, forgive me. For the things that I stole, Father, forgive me. For the blood on my hands, Father, forgive me. I'm such a wretched man, Father, forgive me. For the lies that I told, Father, forgive me. For the things that I stole, Father, forgive me. For the blood on my hands, Father, forgive me. I'm such a wretched man.